On a warm spring evening this month, a group of former U.S. national security officials and journalists gathered in Washington for a cocktail party. There was lots of talk about President Trump, of course, and the latest twists in the Russia scandal. But there was also talk about a dog that wasn't barking at all. Just five years ago, many of these former officials were in the middle of what seemed like a huge controversy. The U.S. government's use of predator drones to conduct targeted killings of suspected terrorists. These were government-ordered assassinations, in some cases against U.S. citizens who had never even been charged, much less convicted, of any crimes. By 2013, there was serious blowback. Reports of innocent civilians being murdered by drones that misfired or hit the wrong targets. President Obama, feeling the heat, gave a speech in which he vowed to dial back the practice and impose new, tighter standards, restricting any drone strikes unless there was near certainty that civilian bystanders would not be harmed. For the Obama-era officials at that Washington cocktail party, the drone strikes had been an agonizing legal and moral issue, testing the limits of America's counterterrorism strategy. But what amazed them that night was that nobody was even talking about it anymore. Drone strikes appear to have increased sharply under President Trump, almost entirely below radar with no congressional hearings on the subject and barely any press coverage at all. Today, we'll look back at the controversy over drone strikes, why it was such a big deal then, and why nobody seems to care about it now on today's Buried Treasure. I'm Michael Isikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. Uh, You know, Dan, uh, this was a subject you and I were both deeply immersed in uh, not too many years ago. And uh, it seemed like there were real consequences to what was going on in the the drone wars, that we were using them more and more uh, with... Uh, almost reckless abandon uh, in Yemen, in Pakistan, and perhaps elsewhere, and very little transparency on the part of the Obama White House. Yeah, look, I mean, we were uh, testing the limits of international law, uh, using these drones uh, in places where uh, there were undeclared uh, wars going on. Um, And, um, you know, you had a president, President Obama, who was actually making um, kill decisions, um, individual kill decisions on his own. It was uh, highly uh, controversial. Um, and, um, you know, I, I wrote a whole book about it. It was such a important subject. Look, hey. Well, what was the name of right. that book? Okay, uh, so this it, is my chance. M- like, every one foggy. of these damn yeah. shows, Mike, yeah. you've been uh, talking about uh, Russian roulette for good reason. It's an excellent book. This is my chance to plug my book, which you can still get out there on Amazon.com. Uh, called Kill or Capture. Plug away. But look, I mean, if this issue, I think in some ways that like the the best you know testament to to this issue not being uh, that important or at least that much on the radar screen anymore is that we were actually we reporters were actually invited to this cocktail party. If this had been four or five years ago, 
Um, and we had been at that cocktail party. For me, it would have been amazing to be around all of those national security officials who were so deeply immersed in these decisions. Well, we would um, have had our notebooks out. They'd yeah, probably been thrown out is what would have happened. Yeah, that's but, well, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, I think there are a bunch of reasons. Um, uh, first of all, I'm not going to concede that uh, uh, the issue is not important. It's still hugely important. And I think the fact that um, the numbers um, have gone up so sharply, I think I read that there were... Um, you know, uh, 127 drone strikes in Yemen uh, in 2017, um, up from 32 um, in in 2016. So this is still going on uh, relentlessly, and um, it's uh, likely that civilians are still being uh, killed. But so why uh, it does not does it not have the same level of right. of, of uh, interest uh, among the public? Well, and frankly, why are journalists not writing about it? As well, much? one thing that struck me about this, and I think inspired perhaps both of us to want to do this today, is that um, Obama, before he left office, signed an executive order mandating that the uh, uh, that the government produce an annual report estimating how many civilians it believed had been killed by drone strikes. Uh, And um, just this week, that report was due May 1st by the Trump administration, and they simply chose to ignore it. They did not produce the report at all. Now, maybe that's not surprising. It was Obama executive order. It's perhaps not binding on them. But still, uh, it's an issue that they clearly don't feel they want to talk about. And there's no pressure on them to talk about it. The story uh, about this, uh, the failure to produce the report was buried below the fold on uh, the Washington in the Washington Post on page a 10. Not exactly prominent play for an issue that was front and center on the front pages right. five years ago. This was part of the, the so-called PPG, the presidential uh, policy guidance uh, that was issued at the end of the Obama administration to kind of, uh, you know, kind of create uh, rules of the road uh, for, the, uh, for, 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 uh, for drone warfare. Uh, and transparency was a, was a big part of that um, and these reports on, on civilian casualties. Um, look, I, I, I got to think that, um, you know, part of it, well, for two, two things. First of all, um, I, I think we should probably say that the human, there are human rights organizations out there uh, who still are, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, banging the drums about this issue, but it's just not getting the kind of uh, coverage that it, that it used to. Uh, so people who care about this, who care about international law, who care about human rights, uh, I think probably are still out there. Um, you know, kind of trying to call attention to this issue. But to why is it not getting uh, really picked up in the press? I think that has to do with, with narratives. You know, I think, first of all, um, as I think um, you were alluding to before, um, there just isn't much of an expectation uh, that uh, the Trump administration um, is going to do, you know, or, or I should put it this way, there is an expectation that they're going to uh, they're, they're handle this issue the way they've been handling it. So they're not, it's not running counter uh, to, to, uh, to who they are. Um, and and whereas with Obama, he was ca- a rule who, of law guy who, who came into came into office criticizing the excesses of the Bush administration, and then yet paradoxically adopted drone strikes as his preferred method of uh, of, of of waging counterterrorism. Exactly, policy. and that's just a sexier story. Uh, and that's going to attract uh, reporters. You know, then um, the, the Obama, because the Obama administration was so kind of tied, and Obama himself personally was so tied up in knots 
over these issues, about the moral issues and all the anguish that you talked about before. Um, you had kind of um, fights going on in the administration over drone warfare, over Guantanamo, over, you know, do you try the 9-11 suspects in civilian courts and, or in military commissions? And, you know, news is often made um, at the intersection of those, those battles. Um, and those battles just aren't taking place in the Trump administration as far as we know. I think there's kind of a unanimity, um, you know, of belief on, on these matters. And so, um, you know, so, so there's just a, less of an obvious story to write about for a lot of Washington journalists. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying that's a reality of, of, of the press. Um, and, and, you know, and, and I think there's a, you know, the other um, issue here is, um, and this is kind of related, um, during the Obama administration, that was kind of a high watermark of lawyers having influence um, over policy. The lawyers were very deeply involved in all of these issues. And I think that has been um, considerably dialed back. Um, and the lawyers often, you know, put hurdles in the way of policymakers. And so that became an issue. And then one final point um, is that, um, you know, the Obama administration was fairly scandal free. Um, you know, there were, you know, controversies and small scandals he here and there. Not something you could say about the Trump White that's House. That's right. And so Russia is the big story. You know, when 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 when, you know, the story, the big story is uh, the possibility that uh, a presidential campaign colluded with you know, a foreign power, a rival uh, to subvert American democracy. Clearly, that um, is going to trump, no pun intended, mm -hmm. uh, stories about, um, you, know, you know, whether Guantanamo is going to be shut down or, or, or not. Um, and I think that's just a reality um, uh, going forward. But having said that, um, you know, I think we ought to be uh, digging into these issues. And, um, and I think uh, it's something that, you know, we've got a background in and, and, and Yahoo News is situated to, uh, to write about those things. Yeah, I, I, and I should point out that there were always uh, fine print and codicils to the uh, Obama-era uh, rules. Um, one that I did write about uh, uh, for Yahoo News was um, when we began military operations in um, uh, Iraq and Syria against ISIS. And um, the White House made it clear pretty early on that that near certainty standard on drone strikes would not apply uh, in areas of in in that conflict in the in, war against ISIS they, because that yeah. was an active battlefield a conventional battlefield right. exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a pretty big exception that they carved out to their own rules um, now that said, um, what the Trump folks are doing on this uh, front, uh, we have very little information about. Um, uh, they are far less transparent. Not that the Obama White House was any hallmark of transparency on these matters, but the Trump White House doesn't seem to feel any obligation to um, produce a public report on uh, how many civilians uh, they are killing or uh, shed light on... Uh, uh, Navy SEAL counterterrorism raids going on in Africa that appear to have been uh, uh, ramped up quite significantly in Somalia and uh, in Niger and elsewhere. Um, there's a lot going on under the U.S. government's name that we really don't have a lot of insight into. Yeah, that's right. It's kind of ironic since um, 
you know, in, in some ways, this is one of the more transparent administrations, not because they believe in transparency, but because uh, they uh, believe in leaks, at least the White House. And, and, you know, we're reading kind of chapter and verse on what the president is thinking uh, at every given moment. And he's tweeting what he's thinking at, at any given moment. Uh, but in terms of um, uh, national security issues, I agree with you. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty secretive. Um, and, uh, and that may be a part of the issue. Now, there's some issues where, uh, you know, things are going to happen out in the open. And um, we were talking about this before, Mike. I think uh, you had said that the Defense Department is now talking about actively bringing new uh, detainees into Guantanamo, where you're down to about 40 detainees um, at that uh, at that prison. The detention camp um, that Obama was desperate to shut down. Yeah. In fact, that was what he vowed on his first full day in office. He was going to shut Guantanamo down. And here it is, you know, nine and a half years later, and the Trump folks want to reopen it for new business. Right. And so that would happen openly. You can't bring in new suspects, uh, terror suspects into Guantanamo without that being uh, known. Um, and so, you well, know, not entirely sure that they couldn't pull it off. Well, well yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. Without telling anybody. We'll see. But uh, uh, but it is it is interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, just also a nature, the nature of, of, of journalism and, and and, you know, news. I mean, after a while, um, people get tired of certain stories um, and they move on. And um, um, but it is uh, it's kind of extraordinary to think about how much attention uh, these stories got a few years back and how little attention they're getting now. And I think it's part of our job to notice those things and, and um, you know, shine a light um, and, and, and expose them. So I say from here on out on skullduggery and buried treasure, uh, we should uh, commit to, um, to looking at this um, issue from time to time. Duly noted. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Buried Treasure. Don't forget to subscribe to Skullduggery on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also tell us what you think. Leave a review. We'll see you on Friday.